says, As a superintendent, I deal with problems every day, and for the most part, I'm a well-rounded guy and like mitigating issues through conversation, but recently had to absolutely blast one of my foremen for leaving the job constantly, resulting in laborers or operators on the job calling me and feeding me information. Do you think ass chewings, albeit not the best approach at all times, are still relevant for leaders to get a point across when the situation warrants it? Based on what I've learned, you have to use them very rarely. It should be a very rare thing. And I think it is a tool in the toolbox if you've already exhausted everything else. But it should be really, really, really rare. Really rare. That goes in the uh, break in case of emergency. Yeah, and this goes back to communication. You have to learn people's, you have to learn how people uh, communicate and respond because you could go choose someone's ass and that's just not, that's not, that's never going to get them going. It's Mm -hmm. just going to shove them further into this hole and it's only going to have the opposite effect. So you have to be really careful because when, and maybe someone needs to be called out like, dude, you're, you are letting people down right now. You are failing this whole team. You're failing this project. You're failing me. This is a problem. It needs to be resolved quickly. You're better than this. Like if you're, if you're doing it in a constructive manner, like you can still be stern about it and get a very strong point across without having to yell at somebody or chew someone's ass or, and, and then you have to define what an ass chewing is because if it's just you berating them, which happens all the time in this industry, all the time. Um, is that is that at all productive? Probably not. Well, it's all. like how much of how much of that is about you too? Yeah, you know, it's like you're frustrated, so that's how you want to respond. Yeah, and it, and it, and it also has to be intentional. Like JP was just talking about this this morning. You know, who makes a good decision when they're emotional? And I know everybody's like that's that's well known. That's 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 widely acknowledged. But it's amazing how much decision making is made when people are emotional. So. That's another question is, are you, are you chewing someone's ass because you're getting wound up and frustrated and you're emotional or are you chewing someone's ass in a productive manner? Because, Hey, I've exhausted all the options. This is kind of my last attempt. I'm going to be very stern here, but I, I just really don't believe most humans, uh, respond getting their ass chewed and maybe they do respond, but it's out of fear. It's not out of any kind of positive behavior change yeah it's uh, i would assume this is a generalization if someone responds to that or like starts doing what you want them to do it's not because you're you're right i did hear that now now i know what i'm supposed to do it's more like i don't want that person doing that again it's just fear yeah and fear is a a, a, it's just not a very good long-term form of motivation yeah it might work once it might get you what you need today but it that doesn't ingratiate you to the rest of your team Exactly. And, and so you're far better off loving and caring for people. Uh, and so the, the question I'd be asking is, you know, how do I care for this person and make it very clear, but in a, in a loving and caring way that this cannot go on. And then if it's still going on, you, you have to get rid of that person. Get rid of that person. Yeah. You know, like we've talked about that. Some people just don't fit. It's not, you can't make everybody work in every situation. That's the point. Everybody's completely different. So there's not a single person that's going to excel in every single position. It's yeah. just, that's just not a thing. Like I would not excel on an NBA team. I just, I just don't have that skill set. I just, and I could work as hard as I possibly could. Like engineering, I couldn't excel as an engineer. I just, that's not how my mind works. And I could work as hard as I possibly could 
I would still fail as an engineer. Mm-hmm. I'm just not built for it. So um, if it gets to the point, loved, cared, done everything you can, been very stern, but from a caring standpoint, still not working. Yeah. Um, At least that's what I would do. But again, I'm learning all of this real time right now. I am no expert at anything like this. So that's like questions like this too. It's a little bit of a struggle because it's like, I don't want to come off like this guy that's speaking out of his fucking ass and, and people saying, well, who the hell is this guy? Like, what the hell does he know? Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, you're right. Like, reality <laughs> is I don't know very much. This is, I am talking to you based on what I am currently learning at this time, yeah. point in time. Well, it makes, makes me think a little bit about um, our conversation with Dave Turin, who, if you're listening to this, this that our podcast with Dave Turin from Dave Turin's Lost Mind uh, was last week. Um, but when you and I talked about him, he talked about cancer in the clubhouse. Mm-hmm. Um, where when you're building your team, um, if there are, are people who, are, who actively work, um, whether it's intentional or just because of who they are, actively work to like pull apart what you're building as far as a team. It's like sometimes the, the best solution is to either, well, you first you communicate directly and you address the problem. But sometimes your only recourse is to say like, you don't fit here. We got to cut you loose. Well, no, but... And then there's, there's different, there's different, um, scenarios of that too. Cause sometimes it's easy. It's like, yeah, this guy's a, just a jackass. He's really ruining shit around here. We've tried to talk to him. He's, he wants nothing to do with it. Let's get the, let's get, get him out of here. Yeah. And that's an easy decision where someone might just be the nicest guy in the world, but he's just not performing. And no matter what, it's just, just not performing. Those are the tough calls, but those are the calls you still probably need to make at the end of the day. Yeah, at least that's, that's what I've learned, and that's a tough part because I don't. I don't think he spoke to it as uh, this person acts like a dick all the time, and they they hurt us, and so we got to get rid of them. It was it was about like when we're building the team, you know, everybody has like a responsibility to the team. Yeah, and if somebody like is not able to hold up that part of the bargain, like even after like repeated. Uh, communication, you know, trying to serve them, trying to f- find out what are they like not getting in terms of, you know, for them to be successful. Like you're saying, like sometimes it's, it, it's shitty and it feels shitty to like have to make that call, but like, that's also part of it. Well, and you can, you can give someone everything you got. And if they're just not reciprocating, they're just not reciprocating. Yeah. Like you can't do anything about that at the end of the day. So you just, you have to be sure have I given this person everything I got? The answer is yes. You're still not getting what you need. Then okay, yeah, gotta head in another direction. Yeah, and you have to look at it too. Like you're doing that person a disservice by keeping them around as well. True. Which, yeah, because they're sort of not probably not growing and bettering themselves if it's a, a poor fit for yeah. everyone involved. And maybe they're eternally a shithead. Maybe that's not the hope. Hopefully, they go find something and maybe it clicks one day and they do go. And then you know why is he leaving the site? Is he going to leave the site to go smoke behind 7-Eleven? Or is he going to, because he has this family issue at home? You know, what, what's going on there? Like, what, like what's, what's even the root problem there? And if he has to go smoke behind, like, why does he feel like he has to go smoke behind 7-Eleven, you know, in the middle of the day? Those are the kind of questions I'd be asking first. Like, why is this behavior even here in the first place? Let's understand the behavior. And then we can start to figure out how do we can correct it. Yeah. Uh, I like your, I like how you're speaking that, you know, that 
like curiosity is probably like the initial approach to that kind of problem solving, right? Where it's just like, why is this, why is this person feel like they have to act this way? Like, what are they getting out of that? Like, what, what is, what's motivating like these choices? And if it's because they're a shit human and they don't want to play fair on the team, that's one thing. But like you said, like there's a lot of moving pieces there that might not be obvious. Yeah. Yep. That's it. And cool. as far as I'm concerned, I've never chewed anybody out. Give anybody ask it's just not really my style. Mm-mm. I'm not really an angry person. I don't I don't get very angry. Um I posted on my stories yesterday um that I got booted in the in a I parked in a build with spot. It's not gonna happen to you today, don't worry. Um or will it? I might. Sorry, I knew who to call. I need I need to make um, a phone call after this podcast. Uh but what car do you drive? Yeah. What's your plate number? I, I gotta make sure that I get booted. Um <laughs> But I had put on my Instagram story that I'm like, man, what a creative way, something like, what a creative way to fire me after the podcast, booting my car. I'd be like, you don't work here anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, multiple people asked me like, hey, did you get fired from work? I'm like, shit. Really? I tagged my boss, the founder CEO slash no, chief dirt nerd. That's all, that's yeah, all you are. We just talked about this. Um, I well, tagged him on Instagram saying, thanks for firing me. And a lot of people were like, oh man, I'm really sorry. But if we just like, fired kind you, of person. if we just fired you. I wouldn't. I wouldn't want to keep you here. Yeah, you want to. You need to leave. <laughs> <laughs> In fact, that choice. And you have like a full foot on me as well. So it's like I would want Alex just yeah, gone as quickly gone. as possible. That's true. Yeah. It's like actually we towed your car <laughs> five blocks away. You can walk there. Yeah, but you got to go get it yeah, right now. I, I just. I would Jeez. not. Would not. That's not my. Not my strategy. Lordy. Why is it so hard to train my team quickly and get them to work quick to get them to work fast? Okay. I'm going to try to address this. Okay. One, we're working on a solution to, to help, sure. not solve your problem. And I'm not going to say what we're doing is going to solve every problem because that's bullshit and that's, that's sales speak and that's not true. Mm-hmm. You still, okay, we can give you all the information, but if you don't do the work, it's not worth shit. So we're working on a solution. But that said, you have to understand as a leader, these are human beings. They're human beings. It's not a machine. You don't go fix it and great, it's back up to 100%. People take time. And sometimes, and I've had to learn this as a leader, sometimes you need to teach different people in different ways. Sometimes someone needs a kick in the ass. Sometimes someone needs a fucking hug. Sometimes someone, you know, sometimes someone needs to hear something four times over before they understand it. And maybe that's what's necessary. Maybe that's okay. And because you've taken the time to reinforce that and to really work with them, now they're more loyal to you because no one else has taken that time. Mm-hmm. And so, yes, I know you need to make production today. Yes, I know you have deadlines today. Yes, I know there's budgets today and, and there's a site superintendent up your ass today. And I know there's all this pressure, but at the same time, these are human beings. And sometimes they just take time to get up to speed. But as I've learned, we now have over 70 people at this organization. It is so worth taking the time on the right people. And you have to understand too, sometimes it could take six months for someone to finally get it because they've spent 10 years getting the shit kicked out of them for shit by shitty people in a shitty way. Yeah. And so they come to you and I, you know, the analogy is like a beat dog with its tail between its legs. You don't see that because everybody's a tough guy. Everybody's trying to act competent. Everybody's trying to act like they're, they're part, they, they want to be belong. They want to belong. They want to be part of the tribe. They don't put that off, but maybe they've been abused for 10 years. And maybe you have to sit there and care for them and teach them and bring them along and think about them 
for months and months and months before you can crack that shell and they're off to the races. But once, once they're off to the races, they are going to be off and they are not going to look back mm -hmm. because now there's that sense of loyalty that is going to be unwavering because you have, you have cared for them in a way that they've never been cared for before. So I think as a, as a leader, if people aren't learning as quickly as you need to be, one, just understand these are human beings. Sometimes it takes time. Two, you have to evaluate how you're teaching. Are you just yelling at them? Is the method in which you're teaching, is it, is it, so it's just consistently ineffective. And so you have two course options. There's one that says, uh, wow, all these people fucking suck. No one likes to work. These people are completely worthless. Yeah. Or you can sit there and look at the mirror and say, okay, this approach has consistently not worked. And I'm still in the exact same position. I'm still overworked. I'm still not making my deadlines. I'm still screwed as a result. So how do I do better? How do I come up with a more effective approach on how to train my people? Because that will make me, the company, all of these people, everyone we support, everybody better off at the end of the day. And there's okay, it's okay to have some self-centered, you know, part of it because yeah, just training people and, 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 and turning people over constantly. And yeah, it sucks. I don't want to do that. Mm -mm. I don't want constant turnover. So that's why we spent so much time and energy and in, in slowing down, investing in people, caring for people, making sure the right people are coming on board in the first place because it's our responsibility. Mm -hmm. It's extreme ownership. Yeah. That's it definitely goes back to the, the Jocko thing where it's like, if there's a problem, it's like the problems like in leadership. Yeah. You know, it's like if it's a leadership problem that kind of spills out into these other areas. Yes. Yeah. And not to keep plugging our shit, but it's, and it's not even our shit. It's Jocko. Yeah. If you go download the build it app right now, just search build it on the app store, download it, go to the leadership section and look at Jocko's shit. You're probably going to learn something on this topic. That's far more impactful than anything I have to say, mm -hmm. because Jocko's actually done it in the SEAL teams. And Jocko's actually coached hundreds and thousands of businesses at this point on how to do just, just this. Yeah. And Jocko, he doesn't just talk about it in a vague sense. We sat down with him at his studio and said, Jocko, I'm a foreman. I can't get my people to do this. What would you do? Oh, I would do X, Y, Z. We actually had him apply it to specific, specific yeah. examples in the dirt world. And you can go consume all of that right now Totally free. And what's, what's the trick? What's the play? Oh, well, let me tell you. The more we go make the dirt world a better place, the better off we are. The more we can grow our other businesses in which, in, in, in where we make more money. Sure. And the more money we make, the more impact we can go create in the dirt world, the more change we can create, the more money we go make, the more people, a virtuous cycle. I talk about this during our onboarding. Mm -hmm. I explain this to new hires every single week. Um, so the more, the more people we can, we can impact with good leadership education, the more leaders we can go create within the dirt world, the better off we are. It'll feed the rest of our business. Mm -hmm. But our business does well when we go make the dirt world a better place. Yep. We can go make as much of the dirt world a better place as we can by getting this leadership content in front of as many people as we possibly can. That's why it's told, totally free now. And it just, got, it just became free like a week ago. Yeah, This is good shit, man. And this is a lot of the stuff I practice every single day of the week building my business. And just so you know, and this is one of the tracks, everybody's a leader. If you're an operator, you're leading people. If you're a foreman, you're leading people. If you're a laborer, 
you're leading people. If you're an estimator, you're leading people. No matter where you're at in the dirt world, reality is you're leading people. Yep. This isn't just for the boss. He says, I am an assistant project manager at a civil construction company that focuses on underground utilities and roadway restoration. Mm -hmm. I've been having a problem with some foreman not turning in their log of what their crew did the day before. It's important that it gets done so we can build the correct quantity. I've had conversations with the foreman letting them know that I need it submitted before a certain time the following day, but it seems they don't make it a priority and will go days without submitting it. I've tried reminding them constantly about the deadline. What do y'all think is the best way to go about resolving this this issue? Um, rather than focusing on the deadline, I would focus on why it is beneficial to them to do so. Focus on how it helps them or go help them. You know, if you want people to do things for you, do things for other people. So I would approach that in two different ways. I would ask myself, how can I approach this differently to frame it in a way that it benefits them because it benefits them to do so. It's, 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 that's how you. How you make a job work, you need to track quantities, you need to track time, you need to track equipment hours. That's that's a reality of a job. You need to do that, but you need to explain why that has to happen to help help their job, help their productivity. And then also I would, you know, you might just need a better relationship with them as well. And that starts with just get to know them better. How's your weekend? How's your wife doing? How are your kids? Well, how are y'all doing your kids? How was your kids? How was your kids uh, play the other day? Get to know them. Yeah. And then how can you help them out? How can you make their role better? How can you make them more productive? They'll start helping you pretty damn quick. Mm -hmm. And if they don't, they're just assholes. But I would exhaust all the options before that. And odds are you'll be able to get what you need done. Mm -hmm. But I would approach it. I would you're probably lacking a relationship. So I would develop that relationship. And then I would try to seek, I would, I would seek to frame it in a way that benefits them because it benefits them. It does. And you know that, but they clearly don't know that. And it clearly is not registering to them. So that's your problem, not theirs. And the approach you're taking is clearly not working. You need a different approach. So think about that. What's that different approach? How can you try to frame it differently? Mm-hmm. I think what's interesting here for me is from John's perspective, this has like been going on long enough that he's like probably frustrated by it. It sounds super, it's super frustrating. And yeah. so there is a, an approach here that I don't think is the right approach, but if he's been frustrated with this and he's like, well, I've, it feels like I'm doing what I, whatever I can do to make sure that they understand make sure that they um, you know, turn this in at the right time because we need it. I can understand why his next approach would be, if you don't do this, we're going to have a problem. Yeah, and you can pull rank, but good luck. Yeah. Good luck getting that one to work. And you, you as a leader, that's your responsibility to make sure people understand why they need to do things. And just know that, what is he a field engineer, project, project manager? Assistant project manager. You work for them. They don't work for you. How do you bill a project? Does assistant project manager have a line item on the project? <laughs> yeah. I don't think so. I don't think so. But moving dirt does, pouring concrete does, laying asphalt does. That's the stuff they're doing every single day. Yep. That's the work they're managing. You work for them. So approaching it with that level of humility too is is it was super helpful for me as a as a 
a, a young engineer out on yeah. site. I just served. I'm there to just serve the super. I'm there to serve whoever the foreman. I'm just there to serve them. If you approach it like that, you're going to be good to go. It, I'm trying to put myself in the shoes of uh, the foreman. It, in your opinion, when when you see like the foreman, like they, they, is it just that they clearly don't understand like the value for them, like why they need to, like is is do you think there's like a well, other not, forces at play, or they just don't understand? It's not a priority, or they could just be too busy. It's like, dude. I have the schedule up my ass right now. I got a lot of stuff to do already. I've got a lot going on. Yeah. I don't have time for this paperwork. Shit. Yeah. You know what? They're they're right. There's a reason why they're not getting. Why? Why are they not getting it yeah, done? Yeah, it's not because they don't. I mean, maybe <clears throat> they don't like the assistant project manager, but it's not why. Yeah. You know, it's uh, not driving that. Figure out that why. Maybe maybe they're just slammed. Or well, how can you help them out? How can you get them a little less slammed? Free up a little bit more time so they have more time to keep up on things. Mm -hmm. And they understand that why. So now they want to keep up on things. And then you'll live happily ever after. Well, I, I think all of what you're saying sounds really natural. It's like, yeah, of course that's what I should do. Oh, it's a that's lot a hard thing to do to, in practice. Way harder in practice. And one foreman might respond in one way. Another foreman might respond in a different way. That's why you need that relationship. A personal relationship. You need to get to know that person and how they respond to things, how mm -hmm. they respond to information, what kind of information they want, what kind of things are important to them. And then that's when you can start figuring out, oh, okay, so here's the best course of action. But just as a young person, just try different things out. You know, if you're current, it's not going to be worse than your current approach. It's not working with your current approach, right? <laughs> so worst case scenario, it still doesn't work, but that's not any better than where you're at now. Mm -hmm. So Try a new approach. See what that does. Approach it like an experiment. You know, try to, okay, so what's the why? Why aren't they doing it? Oh, okay. So, so the why is this. So if I do that, that'll help that why. So let me try this out. You go try this out. Maybe it, maybe it helps a little bit. Oh, okay. Let me do more of that. Maybe it doesn't work at all. And maybe you go back to the drawing board. What's that next course action? But trying to force it down their throat? Mm -mm, that's not going to work. Can I ask you a broader leadership question? Um, to touch on you, you were mentioning about how, well, if you, if you get to know these people more, you can understand like the why of why they're you know not doing the thing you need them to do in, in your position, it's obviously a lot harder for you to get to know everybody that, you know, reports to you or whatever. I mean, obviously there's tears, but in, if you're in a leadership position where the group you're leading is way too big for you to have like an, an intimate personal relationship with each person. And how do you have to approach that differently? You know what I'm saying? I, I'm just like trying to think, say I lead a, a, an organization where, you know, I've got 10 people who report to me, but then 50 people report to each of those people. Yeah. So you, I'm just trying to serve the, the next level below me. Well, or... you you would get a, you'd you'd want good relationships with those below you, and then you would want to at least create a presence with the other people. So it's like you know, like Herb Sargent, he'll go out to a job site and will participate in a safety meeting, for example. So he doesn't nest, and then and in in 
in passing, he'll talk to some of the guys and, 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 and create an opportunity to just get to know at least a few of them. Mm-hmm. And then the others see that, wow, that's the guy. His last name is Sergeant. My Vesta Sergeant, he really must care because he's doing stretch and flex with us this morning. So even though there's not that personal relationship, there's at least people seeing that, yeah, he, he must care because he's out here with us. Yeah, it's like even if he's not specifically connecting with each person individually, if he's kind of got that presence there, other people will see him connecting with, you know, people like me or yeah. whatever that is. Yeah, exactly. I started my own excavation and grading outfit and I'm preparing to make my first hire. I'm struggling to figure out how to lead a one-man crew. Any tips? Don't think about it that hard. Don't think about that hard. <laughs> yeah, there you go. So uh, that's it for a podcast. There you go. I mean, it's 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 nerve-wracking hiring somebody, and I think it's good to respect. I respect it, and it's good to look at it as a a definitely a, a responsibility. But don't don't think about it too much. Mm-hmm. Kind of just pencil out. You know, what kind of culture you want to build, even though you don't have a culture yet, even though it's just you pencil out what you value, what's important to you um, and and go from there and talk to people. And if you think they, they resonate with you, you resonate with them. Great. Try it out. If it doesn't work, doesn't work. It sucks. One of the worst parts about business. But then what did I learn from this? And what were the things they were doing that I need to make sure the next person doesn't have? And then you you iterate. So ideally you knock it out of the park, like, um, and, and you can try people out too. Like my, one of my first hires, Angel, I have him out on a shoot in Virginia. The guy gets delayed flying out there from California. And I have to, we were flying into Richmond, but we needed to be in Roanoke, which is like three hours away. It's a little ways away. Yeah. So he sleeps in DFW airport that night. I the go, only time he's ever done it, by the way. He's never slept in uh, Dallas-Fort Worth Airport ever no. again. Yeah. So, so yeah. <laughs> Very first trip. Yeah. And I have to go to Roanoke because there's still a job to do. Mm-hmm. I try to get him set up with a rental car, but for whatever reason, he couldn't get a rental car. So then he Ubers from Richmond to Roanoke, Oof. gets to Roanoke, and then without a, without a question, starts shooting. And I'm like, okay, well, that's all I need to know. I add, that guy's got it. Yeah. So is there a way you can put people into a realistic work situation before you hire them? Uh, and if so, that's probably a pretty good way to do it. Mm. And you can probably get away with that as a one-man band. So is there a way that you can have them come out and work with you for a day? And so you can see how they work and how they act because you can start to learn a lot more about a person than just one conversation when you can just watch them do what they're going to be doing for you. Mm -hmm. So I might suggest that if you can make that a reality. I don't totally know his situation. Um, So I'm going to ask a little bit more broad question. If you're going from one to two people in that way, are you typically hiring somebody that does all the same things you do so you can just cover more ground? Are you hiring somebody who maybe is less expensive than you who does something like is is it just kind of depends on what you're looking to not do anymore it depends or you just you you not that you not do it you're probably going to keep doing what you're doing there's just demand is exceeding your capabilities so yeah 
I guess you're you're not just like expanding your company because you want to have a bigger company now. It's like yeah, yeah, like trying to do all the things you have opportunities to do. Exactly, bringing Angel okay. and Chell on a few years ago, I needed to just expand my capacity. Yeah, so brought Angel and Chell. On. So I didn't I didn't stop doing what I was doing. I was only doing more of it when they came on, mm-hmm. but I was expanding my capacity because now instead of me showing up on site, I had two other people with me, and so Chell was also shooting photos. Angel was doing video. We could just do more. So I just, it's never too early to start defining your culture because if you don't define it, it is just going to turn into a monster and it's it's going to grow by itself. It's going to grow by itself and it's going to grow in weird ways. Yeah. So first few hires are critical, but if you make mistakes, that's okay too. Do your best and try not to make the mistakes. But if you make mistakes, you make the mistakes. It sucks. We made a lot of mistakes. Um, And it's not that any of the people we brought on that didn't work out were bad. It was just that they weren't the right fit for our business and what our business needed at that time. So it's not even a, a it's not even a, against them. And it's like, I know it's so easy for me as the employer to say it's not personal. It's really genuinely not personal, or at least I haven't had a situation that's personal. Mm-hmm. Um, but obviously it's their career, so it's going to be very personal to them. But yeah. I would go in it with a caring attitude, try to define what you're looking for, try to try them out before you hire them. If you hire them, if it works out, fantastic. Give people time. Don't be so quick on people that, oh, he's not working out the first day. I got to go fire him. I've learned you got to give people time Yeah, because they could be, they could have been abused at their previous companies. So give people time. But if they're really not working out, then make your, make your call, learn from it and keep going on. Question on here as much as I want to read uh, an, an email that we got. Um, we, you and I talked about this a couple weeks ago, but I, I think it's, it's just awesome, and I'm glad that somebody else is putting words to this other than you and me, who probably knows a little bit better. Uh, this is from Jake. Should I, should I say, like, their company? Or is that not cool? I don't worry about it. Okay. This is from Jake. He says, as the owner of a small excavating company, this topic is what's driving the direction of the whole control. Uh, me... All right, so the subject of this, I'm going to set this whole up. This is from Jake. He said his subject was foreman. Uh, leaders or drivers, which was a book we talked about a couple of weeks ago, and just the uh, that approach uh, of leadership. He says, as the owner of a small excavating company, this topic is what's driving the direction of the whole construction industry. Leadership is not taught, but it is all boiled down to management that works with equipment and money. But relationships is the only way to really develop people. You cannot really manage people; you relate to them. Retention problems, mainly in my experience, comes down to lack of value added to the individual companies or individual companies. Don't look at individuals. They look at positions as task-oriented subjects, and we need someone to fill it, not to lead it. So, so much experience has left the industry that will never be recaptured, and that is to the detriment of the industry. And then he says, I've learned to train my guys to replace me in all aspects of the work performed so that they can be the most valuable in the market. I let them make mistakes and make decisions that can cause us rework so they gain the experience needed to not need me as a lifeline. If you need to manage people, you are not training and empowering them to succeed. You manage work. You work with people. There is a big difference. It's going to be a long road ahead for the industry to overcome the lack of experience and the gap that grows daily from people leaving or retiring. That was a gut punch to me when I read it. Uh, it's, it's like real world, like sitting right in it. Yeah, and it's spot on to what we're what we're trying to work on and do mm-hmm. our small part in, in helping out. Yeah, it's... Um, I've always... And this is something I've talked about for for years now. It's It starts with just how we bid jobs. It's just man hours. It's not, you're not looking at people's as, as human beings. It's really, they're just assets. They're just man hours. They're just 
a unit of of measure of production and a and honestly a, a um a shitty necessity to building work a lot of times that's the mentality people some of these people have towards people in the yeah. industry um and if you just make the simple make the simple switch of thinking about these people as just human beings who have families and who have desires and hobbies and interests in life and, and just like you and are really truly those that the, the 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 one differentiating factor between you and the other companies which it is i promise you i see i've seen enough earth moving it's all done the exact same way i promise you i promise you and i'm just i'm tickled every time i hear someone think that their way of doing it is so far superior and there's there's a few little things here or there where you can get a little bit of an edge or, or here or there but then people find out about it and then they start doing it and now it's not an edge anymore yeah but what what doesn't go away is just truly motivated human beings so it's even it's just something as simple as just reframing how you think about human beings it's not just a unit of measure it's not just this shitty part of building things that you have to deal with this whole pain in your ass it should be the coolest part about this line of work is working with these people because they're special people. Mm -hmm. One of the lines from that, that really stuck out to me was um, he said, you manage work, you relate to people. Like I never heard it phrased that way, but like that's something I can get behind and and really understand like what the point of that is. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's less about um, you. You're not, you're not allocating people because like that's, you're thinking about people as a, like expendable resource just as a machine. Yeah. Versus you're looking at it like it's just another, an excavator. Yeah. And that's just not, it's just doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way. And, 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 and it doesn't work that way. Uh, and, and, and it can work against you if you think it works that way and you just keep just beating them down, but it doesn't work that way to your benefit as well. If you can figure this thing out. Because like I've been saying, I'm going to keep saying it. This is the single biggest opportunity this industry's seen in 50 plus years. Is this whole people problem. If you can figure out this people problem, if you can figure out how to motivate human beings, grow human beings, care for human beings, you, you're going to be able to capture whatever market share you want to go capture. You're going to be able to go wherever you want to go in your career. If you just want to be, if you, if you want to stay, not just, but maybe you don't want to go grow into a foreman or a superintendent or a vice president. You want to be an operator. Growing people is the way to have more fun as an operator, because if you're growing everybody around you, your site's running more productively. You're not yelling at stupid fucking truck drivers for backing up the wrong way after you've yelled at them eight other times that day. It just becomes a lot more fun. Yeah. So no matter where you're at, it's just more fun to be working with people you care about and who are motivated and and who are having a good time. Well, a great reputation to have is somebody who uh, you say that person just makes everybody around them better. Mm-hmm. Like that's an awesome reputation to have. Mm-hmm. And you can do that from every position in any industry at all times. Big time. You can do that as the lowest man on the totem. Yeah. But it's like, man, I really like that guy on my team because he just seems to make everybody better. Mm-hmm. Like that's awesome. That's a great thing to be. Good. All right. Uh, this is a question from Zach. He's talking about how he would like um, some either trade schools or uh, community colleges to have more 
uh, programs for construction, but that's just the backup for mm-hmm. the lead up to the question. So he says, I've been trying to get these partnerships started for the last few months, but haven't had much success. Do you have any advice for how I can propose this idea to these schools in a way that better conveys the mutually beneficial relationship I'm looking to build rather than just seeming like someone recruiting only to help their own businesses? If you haven't listened to the Nick Parrish episode, I would listen to the Nick Parrish mm-hmm. episode because he just did this and he, he explained it far better than I could because I've never done this before. How I would approach it, though, is I would I just approach it from what's in their best interest. What are their pain points? What are their goals? What are they trying to accomplish? And how can what you need to happen help them achieve what they need to yeah. what they need to achieve? Right. So the question is, how do you help them be more successful through your program is how I would set it up and, and come at it from a that's that's the best way to do it. It's it's it's, you know, leave you over here. OK, here's what I need to accomplish. But what are their pain points? What pressure are they feeling? What do they need to accomplish? What makes them more money? What what makes their people better off? Whatever it is, find out what that is and then figure out how your program can help them accomplish that. So when you're speaking on their terms, how they view things and speaking in terms of what's going to make them successful, you're going to have way better, way better success. <clears throat> and that's what we're doing right now. Like we're going, there's uh, we, we have a project going on right now and I can't, I want to talk more about it, um, but I can't because of there's legal ramifications to it, which sucks. Um, but we're going, we're, we, we came at it from our perspective and we're stoked on our perspective, but it's a little too big picture. It's a little too ambitious. So we had to take it down a few notches and, and instead look at it from their perspective. How do they win here? Why is this a smart business decision? Mm-hmm. And then build our approach from there. Still sell the big picture, still tell the story and get them excited but approach it from their point of view, their perspective to make it a no-brainer win for them. Yeah. So that's exi- that's at least how I would start. But I would listen to the Nick Parrish podcast because Nick has, has done this and, and he's done it successfully. He's, he's actively making it happen. Yeah. In Mississippi, which is pretty cool. Mm-hmm.